All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. Hey, it's me, Dan Grimshay, your host with almost the most. Uh, also joining me, as you could probably guess, is Marky. Sound off, Marky. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm uh, here. Also joining us uh, this week, we've got uh, Jimmy the Gent Lazinski. Hey, howdy, hey, listeners. <laughs> All right, and you're joining us for another thrilling episode of Saturday Morning Serial. The show that uh, celebrates the things of Saturday Morning Serial that we not only grew up with, but that grew up with us. That's right. You write that down. You put it on the fridge. That's A-plus work. That's yeah. right. There it should go. be on a T-shirt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so uh, uh, this week, this time, this outing, we're discussing superhero female-centric movies yes that's complicated kind of kind of niche because we discussed it we're throwing out uh, stuff like catwoman uh electra those were kind of anti-hero movies yeah you know tank girl no not it can't just be a comic book movie but an actual like like real supernatural powered superhero that is a woman yes there's one that just came out Yes, uh, Captain Marvel is breaking records all over the world. Yeah, right. And it's uh, I I just saw it yesterday. I I, I loved it. Jimmy yeah. here absolutely loved it without any argument at all. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and then 100%. but you know it's it's too soon I think to talk about that. Too yeah. spoilery yeah. culturally still. Mm-hmm. But uh, luckily uh, we can talk about the last one. I think it's finally a, it's appropriate. The first one. Enough people. The the first one. The, which all, yes, the also happens to be the last. Last one, one was Wonder Woman. Last one was right. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Last one was Wonder Woman. Before the that, one. the first one. I think basically the one before that. Yeah. By our reckoning. Yes. Would be 1984's Supergirl. Supergirl. So if you can accept all of that. That's why we're talking about 1984 Supergirl today, and we talked to Supergirl herself. Yes, Helen Slater. Helen Slater. Uh, this was mad a... about her. <laughs> That's not the same Helen. Different uh, Slater. Yes, damn um, it. But uh, the, but yeah, we we ended up talking to her at Comic Con in 2018. It was a roundtable conversation. Uh, I learned a lot from this interview, and we're going to bring you that audio here in just a second. Right, right, but but first, let's talk about Supergirl because I haven't seen this movie in probably thirty years. Yeah, super. Well, it's I just watched it uh, this morning uh, in preparation for this, and it's pretty wacky. Now uh, we were talking <laughs> off mic about 
Uh, I saw it a lot, uh, and, and this would have been high school for me, and I worked at a drive-in. So I've, I've seen this movie easily 20 times, mo- more, 25, 30 times. And I, don't, I didn't remember any of it watching it this morning, how weird it is. It has <laughs> so, other than the, the S, has little attachment to Superman story-wise, and they change a lot of stuff. But, I, I mean, there's some good stuff. There's, there's still some high points. But, yeah, and, and, and Marky, you just watched yeah. it, right? Yeah, and um, for one, it— Well, it, rewatched it. It— it shares a canon with the Richard Donner Superman movies. Correct. Okay. It, it so, is, but they quickly it's in the same universe. Yeah, it's in the same universe, right. and they actually show they actually show a poster of him in the movie, and she talks about him. Yeah, and, they they reference him a couple times, and yeah. they actually talk about why he's not in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, the one thing that I think that this this movie shows, or that that it has, and I've seen I've seen a lot of movies, <laughs> and my God, I am. I was raised by that television. I was raised in front of movies. Mm-hmm. No other movie that I can think of that I've seen more than five times. I must have seen Supergirl when I was a kid. I mean, I was born in '77. This mm-hmm. movie came out in '84. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm not even ten years old yet. I'm seven years mm-hmm. old right now. And but I must have seen this movie ten to twenty times at least. No other movie that I've seen that many times do I that I remember so little of. There's well, something about right, this movie right. that is it so is. forgetful, right. forgettable. It just yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen it and didn't just digest the information. Right, it just kind of like glosses over. I don't know if it was because it was so bad or. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, well, but, well yeah. gentlemen, this like, puts me in a in a unique and I I think uh, a great position because I saw it when I was young as well, about thirty years ago. Yeah. And now, of course, apparently, I'm, I can't even be expected to remember. No, <laughs> you don't remember but any of it. Right? I did not watch Let's it. Let's take a deep dive on yesterday. what you remember first. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know what you remember from it. She had like a skirt <laughs> instead of the tights. Go on. Yeah. Go on. There was flying. <laughs> yeah. Um, there we go. Okay, I think well, we we about hit it. It was the, 80, it was the 80s, the baby. I, <laughs> do you remember any of the cast? Because this is actually a big deal. They did. They, yeah. they did. Well, there was a, there a, was a Helen Slater. The okay, yes. Helen Slater, right? Right. But not the Helen Slater from Mad About You. No, that's not Helen Slater in Mad About You. No. Mm. Yeah, I'm almost mad about you to going back to that joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's Helen Hunt, by the way. Okay. For all you listeners out there, get Helen your, Hunt. Helen get your, Hunt. Yes, get yeah. your Helen straight. So let's make sure that we're talking about the same blonde here. So yeah, Helen Slater. So it was an '80s blonde. It was an '80s blonde. Um, mm-hmm. Helen Slater. The only other movie that I remember watching her in, and I've seen it many times, is The Legend of Billie Jean. She was Billie Jean in right, that movie, right, right. Um, and she's she's hot in that movie. I remember her being really hot in that movie. Um, but she like so so yeah. I mean, this is she's obviously the sister of Christian Slater, who probably had a bigger career. Would we would we all agree with that? Arguably, yeah, yeah, yeah. arguably. Um, they're both in the Legend of Billie Jean. Well, what um, I, what I actually have to admit here was that until I I didn't you had no point did you make me guess who was in it, but up until right when you were talking about it earlier off mic. I thought it was Mariel Hemingway. <laughs> it's not Mariel Hemingway who played Supergirl. I don't know where I got that idea. She's in Super. She's in Superman three. Mariel Hemingway is in Superman three, or is Superman is, four? Is that why them. I've got her? Yeah, in my head be. as a yeah. Superman adjacent. 
she has been in the is it Sulkin movies? Sulkin? Yeah. So Mariel Hemingway is involved in the franchise, but not as Supergirl. I so you're if you're you would probably, ask me any time in the last twenty seven years who played Supergirl, I would have said, oh, it's Mariel Hemingway. No, it's Helen Slater, mm-hmm. which is yeah. She you know, and I I think of uh, so I have a couple of thoughts of this film. One hey, let, is that I mean to ahead. be fair, let me just reference really quick. Helen Slater did have a much bigger career than those two movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was in. She was the first one was Supergirl, followed up by Billie Jean. She was also in Ruthless People, Secret of My Success, Sticky Fingers. Oh, I remember her. Happy Secret Together, of My Success. She was good. Yeah. City Slickers, Betrayal of a Dove. I've never heard of that one. House in the Hills. I've seen all of most of all of these. Lassie, The Steel, No Way Back. She was also she played. Uh, her mother, which uh, in the Smallville she, series, yep, I remember correct? That. Yep. Uh, and she was also Martha Kent in uh, animated DC superhero girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I so think, and I I think mean, she actually. I don't want to diminish her career at all. She's done a, a fair she amount. She also of work. she also played a character. Creep it up on her brother. She Chris. also played a character in the in the the current Supergirl uh, TV show. So yes, uh, correct, she, right? She yeah, she has again. she's definitely. I'm sorry if I disparaged her at all i didn't mean to no, i'm just saying uh, christian all, slater's she deserves her credit christian uh, uh christian slater's career you know he's he seems to have starred in a lot more movies and have been involved in a lot more te- you know lead roles in television shows that have quickly failed uh, you um, know sidebar he's my favorite movie of all time is uh, true romance that he stars i thought in. you were gonna say yeah. uh, i thought yeah. you were gonna say all time. the cube but uh that's okay <laughs> well, that's my second favorite yeah. movie that is up i'm there. a bit of a slater it's, head it's really good yeah <laughs> um so <laughs> i'm I'm what you call a Christian believer. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Takes one to know one. Finally, now you've got me to half remember or stop putting up a fight about who stars in it. No, I'm, I mean, I'm we haven't even talked about it yet. We, we haven't even talked about it yet because there's Oscar winners in this movie. Um, and that actually kind of brings me up to like the larger point is that this is a B movie with a big budget and Oscar winners in it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's what this movie is. Mm-hmm. It is the script is horrible, what? and it, it's it's discombobulated. It's all over the place. It's pieced together. It looks like somebody just shot whatever they could think of, and then just edited a bunch of stuff together. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't tie very well. Um, I come to find out recently, thanks to Jimmy here, that the my very very favorite scene is her learning how to fly. And it's like this like, kind of trapeze kind of flying sequence. Mm-hmm. It was cut out of the original version. And the, uh, yeah, the original American release, uh, that was a d- deleted, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were, again, <laughs> off mic discussing that that's some of the best on-screen flying like, wire work and, and yet you've seen in American cinema. Yeah, and again, you know? I just watched it again yesterday. So I don't even know mm-hmm. if that was the scene that I, rem- that I saw when I was a kid, right? Mm. Um, but that's the scene that I remember the most. Um, but it's just like this is a B-movie. Um, it's really cheesy. It's really stupid. Um, but it's got Oscar winners. Peter O'Toole is in this movie. Yeah, they're definitely mm-hmm. trying to follow uh, the the lead of the Superman movies, with, right? With the, Brando, the the, yeah. the framework of that with Brando. So they've got Mia Farrow. Peter O'Toole has a pretty big role in that, although he's not great in that role. I don't think <laughs> Faye, Dunaway, Faye Dunaway. I think has is the lead uh, high, the top billing yeah. on that. Yeah. So uh, she's the Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. and then uh, Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole would be Mother Brando. Brando, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. Mia Farrow's there for five minutes. It hardly even matters. But she might be your uh, Miss Tessmacher, right? I, uh, yeah. I mean, if we're compare, if we're analoging it, 
Yes, Miss Tessmacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess so. Although there is a Tessmacher character in it as well, in a way. But um, so so yeah, this this is not a good movie. By no. any stretch of the imagination. Well, now hold now, on, because I still have some fond memories. Not well, you know, not a lot right. of specific memories. But why don't you? Why don't you? Uh, you want me to go over this? Start at the top. Tell me what uh, the opening. Does it drop the ball in the credits or something? Well, okay. I mean, it's funny that you point that out. In the actual credits, it opens up in the same vein of the Richard Donner Superman movies. It's like kind of the actual title. The actual. The actual um, text looked like ice, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very shimmery, but instead of a back background, it's kind of red, and it's just like, you know, instead of the John Williams, it, you hear like a synthesized version of John oh, Williams. But, yeah, that's, but that's we're first... still kind of get, have the the words flying yeah, at us, yeah, kind and of flying at you, okay, away. So the same yeah, thing that's the same. That's a good way to think of it. Just kind of modernized, maybe modernized for the 80s a little bit, like you said, with the synthesizer and everything shiny. And it's got a flavor of that uh, Dino De Laurentiis Flash Gordon sky in the background, you know? Uh, Yeah, the very very big words coming out of Jimmy here. But yeah, I agree with that. I am smart. But what I remembered of it, there there was a couple of things that I remembered. One of them is Peter O'Toole wearing... Like a, it's like a, it's like a Bill Cosby sweater, but as a poncho. Um, it, it's uh, so big. I, it's I so was laughing because that's such a weird choice to put him in that he's so small frame to begin with. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we'll just seize on this giant city Argo from Krypton. Let's just put him in this weird Bill Cosby sweater. But no, 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 no. Let's let's make it about eight sizes too big and throw a belt on him. It'll yeah, be fine. It's a poncho. Be, yeah, they'll get, like that a, he's, like a duster, they'll get that he's from you know? another planet. It's, yeah. it's well, were they just using Marlon Brando's wardrobe? <laughs> could, could it might be. have been, yeah. Could be left over. Have, they might yeah. have had the rights to it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, but the 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 weird thing is, is that what I remembered of this movie is basically a mix of the beginning and the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to 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 like to like do my best to catch you up to this, Shay. Mm-hmm. It starts off in a Kryptonian city, which should be Candor. Because that's right, in all the I'm, in all the I'm comic pretty sure books. that's where she's from in the comics. But yeah. it's not. It's Argo City. I, I'm not sure again where Argo fits into the canon in the, in the comic books or what version of of, of it, Superman Argo is. In the, in the movie, it exists in a pocket of trans dimensional space they for do, some reason. Yes. Maybe they got blown away from Krypton and. But they the, never address Peter it. O'Toole. They never does, address, uh, do he they? does. Um, he's well. the uh, he's the uncle here. Okay. So, so he's, he's the uncle, and uncle he's Peter in named some Zol- kind of Zoltar. Yeah, so he is a Tar. He's not an L. Right. Kara okay. L. So Kara L. Super by marriage. Yes. Kara right. Zor L. Su- su- uh, super by blood. Yeah, super yeah, by yeah. blood, yeah. Um, so yeah, Kara is an L. Kara L. And then her dad is Zor L. Z- mm-hmm. And her dad does have a role in this film. It's it's just in the beginning. And then, uh, obviously, we know Cal L and yeah, Jor L, her cousin, seems, her uncle and cousin. Her dad, Zor L, seems very unplussed by the fact that they have five days to live and everything's going to die. He's just very straight faced, like, "Well, we've only got five days. We must do something." Well, yeah, he, he like just, he like turns in a Ronnie Danger. He's like, "Oh, fuck it, right, one night, right. all right." You know, right, like, it's right. just like this whole party. Um, so yeah, they they're all in this town and. Um, uh, Peter O'Toole's character, the uncle, what's his name? Uh, Zoltar. Zoltar. Um, he Hell Zoltar. Yeah, Hell Zoltar. He ends up having this orb 
Um, and the orb is the power That's of the, the city. Omega Hedron. The Omega Hedron is the power of okay, the city. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I just I feel like I need to just sort of catch up on my own here for just one second. So, so to recap. I'm two minutes in, by the way, but go ahead. If you want to, if you want to just see if I can follow this. We haven't even, we haven't even met Supergirl yet. Yeah, yeah, but hold on. Go ahead. But it's opening on Peter O'Toole and Marlon Brando's sweater on a. A Bill Cosby sweater that's the size of Marlon Brando. Okay. Yeah. Uh, On, on a ship, Planet City. On a Planet City. On a Planet City that they built in a trans dimensional space. Yes. And his brother has. Okay, we haven't even gotten to Supergirl. So his brother is there, says, oh, we've got five days to live. Not yet. That, uh, we're, he was jumping ahead a little bit. Oh, there, okay. Almost. Sorry. Almost. So, I, I'm, so, I'm at minute seven. We're still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're still I mean, at minute But two. at, at, at okay. around minute two. Things heat up like, pretty so, quick. Two, Peter O'Toole <laughs> is holding a, uh, a David Bowie uh, glass ball that powers this trans-dimensional city ship state it Correct. looks it actually right. looks the Omega, more that's the, that's the power for their city okay. it actually looks more like the thermal detonator in return of the jedi that's oh that's what okay. it looks like so that, it's, it's kind of it's cool, kind of covered right? in metal it's it's kind of cool looking right. but so now enter kara supergirl all right and she is a she she is a teenager and it's helen slater and she looks she looks great and um, she's like kind of whimsical and she's kind of goofy and she's 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 kind of she's very playful and she's mischievous and she's just kind of bouncing around. All this is established in like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. OK, like right. you kind of like get a little ki- like a yeah. little baby, like newborn baby. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. What yeah. is what are these things? What is this? What's a tree? You know, what is this piece of my body? Is this clothes? Yeah, I don't totally, know. Yeah, she's a she's a baby calf. But right. I, you know, it's, I also worth. I think it's worth noting that more than anybody else in this movie, I think she's giving it her all. She's really, yeah. she's really act, giving it an honest effort. And she was however actually, that comes across, or we perceive it is all of these Oscar-winning actors that are in this film are phony. Were all nominated for Raspberry or uh, Raspberry uh, yeah, awards? Peter O'Toole and Faye Dunaway yeah. nominated. She was nominated. Helen Slater was nominated for a Saturn Award. For, from this performance, and she is great. Uh, yes, we should actually let me just back this all up. Oh, she is a great Supergirl. She is a fantastic, amazing Supergirl. Mm-hmm. It's just horrible that it's wrapped around this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's where we find ourselves. And so we're on Candor, but it's not called Candor. It's called Argo City. We're uh, Peter O'Toole Zaltar uh, is holding this orb, and then Helen Slater, Kara, uh, is jumping around like a baby calf. Um, okay, so then for some reason, Z- Z- um, Zaltar, uh, Peter O'Toole, gives Kara the orb to play with. Right. Right. Okay? Oh, right. And, right. Right. And, oh, and then this so, is just bad. Yeah. Parenting. And then so all of a sudden the orb is like it, she's like kind of she's like playing tennis ball with it or something. And, and then she drops it. She and it drops rolls it, out the it window. Rolls, and it rolls out the window. That's obviously it's this whole city is covered in a millimeter thick it's, plastic. It's saran wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, and it, and so, it yeah, rolls out. This uh, city that exists in trans-dimensional <laughs> space. I mean, maybe that's got something to do with the science of it, right? Being in trans-dimensional <laughs> space. But it's not a shield. It's not even a glass window, right? It's just a... It's a fucking chicken coop. Yeah. You know? Like, it's a greenhouse. It's, it's, you know? yeah. like, it's, it, so they it, live in like the bubble, <laughs> like a giant uh, packing material bubble. Yes, that's what it is. 
is. That's what it is. And it just, it pops out and then it's this big vacuum. And then, you know, every, like Kara's almost sucked into the void. She's end up being saved. But as it turns out, uh, Zoltar, and the only reason why I'm remembering that is because that's the same, that's the genie in big. Right. So Zoltar, mm-hmm. um, Zoltar, Basically, I'll admits, be honest with you. I'm okay if we just keep calling him Peter O'Toole. Okay, Peter O'Toole. So <laughs> yeah. Peter O'Toole, um, he admits that he was not supposed to have the orb. What's it called again? The orb? The Omega Hedron. The, the Omega. He was not supposed to have the Omega Hedron. Oh, and he was just. But that Uncle he did, Zoltar, what right. have you done? <laughs> hey, uh, just between you and me, I wasn't even really supposed to have that. So. <laughs> yeah. And sidebar, uh, we've got five days till. That's the thing. <laughs> and so. And I've been drinking Bush Lights all day. So. <laughs> tell you what, Carrie, you're going to have to take one for your Uncle Zoltar on this. All right. You tell he was in charge of the <laughs> That's exactly what happens. I'm gonna pull into so, my Bill Cosby's letter. <laughs> <laughs> so there he is. He's doing the little Cosby dance, and um, and so and so uh, as it turns out, so Kara's parents, uh, Zorel, and I forget the mom's name. It's like Adel. I don't remember. Anyway, the whole town. Alora and Z. Alora. Okay. All right. So they are freaking out. Right, because this the Max Hedron um, apparently powers the whole town for eternity. It had just right. unless it, it rolls right. over. It just there. flew out the window. <laughs> unless they give it to that asshole Peter O'Toole. <laughs> yeah, it's so important nah, that know, a kid is a- playing with it. Apologies to the estate of Peter O'Toole. Yeah, I mean, and it, it just it rolls out the goddamn voice. window, and and so it's gone. The town, you know, the whole planet town is freaking out. And Kara, who's she's obviously feeling very guilty because she caused all this mess. And so she takes it upon herself to jump into the pod that is very conveniently right in the center of the town. And it, it, it makes <laughs> right. it just it, sitting there right in the middle. It, it, it actually they actually make it a, a point to point out that there's some red, blue, yellow material. Mm-hmm. Like it's a blanket, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. this is the whole thing. So she jumps into this, not wearing those colors, but she jumps into this like craft and it closes. And it looks like the orb. It closes around her and she takes off. And the parents are like, oh, Kara, where are you going? Come, What's yeah, going wait on? a second. Wait Come a second. Come back with my red, Kara yellow. Kara feels so guilty that she's that gonna... she takes the life yeah. Yeah. and bails. Yeah, yeah. How there's is no this? Di- there's absolutely appropriate <laughs> guilt. There's absolutely no discussion of, hey, we need to do something. Hey, that's you know, I feel terrible, guys. This one's on me. Anyway, I need gotta to, go. We need to come up with a plan. She just, she's just kind of like bites her thumb and and jumps in the pod and. and I gotta hook up with my boy Dookie down the street, so I'm gonna take this pod. That's cool, right? Yeah, deuces. (laughs) So yes, it didn't really occur to me at the time, but yeah, she did take the only life support, the only life pod out. Um, Now, what I what what we are led to believe is that she is following. uh, Is that we that she is following the orb to to its location, which happens to be Earth. All right, so she's 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 on her way down to Earth. Um, hey, Krypton was staged for a whole Earth invasion, weren't they? Well, but this wasn't even Krypton. This was uh, or, yes, a satellite. Sorry, satellite, yeah. but uh, still. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, sorry to paint all the Kryptonians with one brush, but... Well, do, you, do you think that the Kryptonians have a conspiracy theory about them landing on Earth? 
I do now. It just occurred to me, but I'm seeing the evidence everywhere. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, Everything they, they launch just right, happens just to happens hit little right. old Earth. I mean, that's and they don't have that much tech. Anyway, Supergirl. Well, I mean, uh, we don't have to talk about Supergirl anymore if you don't want. To. <laughs> I mean, it's yes, the, the impending so, <laughs> uh, invasion plans of uh, Smallville so, are right. much more pertinent. So uh, she ends up crashing into a lake, and then the lake having. Having a picnic outside of the lake that Kara falls into or crashes into in her pod, and I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight the fact she crashes in a pod into the lake, a pod that she got into, left the interdimensional space, and crashed on Earth in a pod in the lake. All right, having a picnic is Faye Dunaway's character, who I don't remember, but she's a witch, talking to a. We come to find out is a high school boarding school math teacher with a British accent. He could be a Monty Python. I don't know. He's, he looks like one of those guys. Um, <laughs> he could and be a Pete, Monty Peter Python. Cook. He, he could be. He's, I don't know. His it's, name Nigel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, his, his name has got to be Nigel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's Selena the witch, and they're having a picnic talking about how she just wants to own. She the, the conversation is literally how she just wants to dominate the world. Yeah. This is the character introduction for. I'm and she's like on a picnic date it's, with a yes, proper. It's not even for... pass me that cheese and crackers. It's, you know, my good man, what I really would like to do someday is dominate. What is that? That's what she's talking dominate about. Dominate the world. And the orb scene. The, the orb that Kara was following. Omega Hedron. The Omega Hedron falls into their bean dip. And it's they're Oh, they're eating their picnic on a white tiger skin. On the grass. Wow, nothing says so, world domination do. more. So and the, and the bean Gotta dip. Gotta have some deep pockets to take over the world. The, <laughs> the bean dip is on the white tiger's head, and the orb hits into the bean dip and it splashes on top of the tiger's head. And I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck eats bean dip on a tiger head? You're gonna stain it. You've obviously never had a picnic in the park. <laughs> I know. Well, so I, mean, no, no, no I don't know what kind of life you're white living. tiger skin twice, anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, I do think that this might have been a shot at Richard Donner because he is famously a environmentalist. Um, he had a no fur campaign at the end of Superman two when Lois and Clark were at the Niagara Falls, and mm-hmm. um, he also puts in things like anti-apartheid, like in Lethal Weapon movies. So he's known to be the the champion of these of these like causes. Uh, and it would have put me past them that the uh, Salskin, uh, what's his name? Salkine. Salkine, <laughs> because they've 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 had this feud. So it wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past him that he put this tiger fur in there just to piss off Donner. You know, he used to put in like anti-apartheid messaging in his Lethal Weapon movies. You know, mm-hmm. he would have like um, uh, don't eat uh, tuna because it captures the dolphins in the nets. Like he would go on these like little like huh. private missions. So anyway. I digress. The uh, orb falls into the bean dip. Or thanks for throwing dip. that little conspiracy theory. Yeah, I, I, I think like I, 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 I found I was angry. Our fringe listeners will appreciate that. So. <laughs> and so the bean dip gets onto the tiger, and uh, this witch with dreams of world domination now have the power of an interdimensional city. In the palm of her hands. It's just, it's like she had a, a vision board at home where yeah. she just put magic ball falls from the sky into the bean dip. I know. And it it's happened. So... 
It's the power of positivity. Yeah, maybe so. This yeah. is some Oprah Winfrey book. You know, like, like it's, it's so ridiculous, right? The story is just nuts already. And I think I'm five minutes in, maybe we're 10 minutes in, right? Uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe at, so. at best. So now uh, Supergirl is now on earth and that, that's, this is, um, and she, she gets up, out of her pod and out of the lake. She gets out of the lake and then she's, and she's wearing her costume already. She's, she's just, wearing, she's wearing Supergirl costume. Just she's wearing. there was some red. Blue and uh, yellow material. The, yeah, not, all of a sudden, not a dress. No, it, she just pops out wearing the costume, and I think you really need to. And it's dependent on you having seen Superman before. I mean, most people did, but there's no explanation of her making that suit or yeah. or why there's she's wearing an S. Like if you're just coming in this cold, at, at if least, you just pick up a cold, you... at least in <laughs> at least in the original Donner Superman. Now we do see the the space blankets that he's put in with. Right. So we know that that's his, that that's his material. That's and, his clothes. And, and everybody on Krypton has the separate houses on their chest. Correct. Right. So, so that's, that's very well established. Right. But uh, on the uh, Superman Richard, on the Richard Donner film, there is a, you know, he gets to the Fortress of Solitude. He meets his, his uh, he meets uh, uh, Brando. He mm-hmm. meets his father. And then it does a time jump. And I think it's, 12 years i think they even established that in the movie and then after that time jump it's like a fade like it's like superman it's like um clark as a teenager and then he morphs into christopher reeve in the suit so that's 12 years of time that they advanced to and now he's wearing the suit anything could happen in those 12 years there's a probably very rudimentary kind of velcro placeholder s's involved in there yeah it's like a make it at home kit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it he took him it a while to get like, oh, this is yeah, how you but, sew. But they, but in in the Supergirl movie, he does have super crafting skills. In the <laughs> in the Supergirl movie, the you know Kara goes into the lake and the orb hits the bean dip at the same time. There is no time jump, right? So unless she was stitching clothes on her flight over. You know, and so it's just could like we don't know how there's long that no took. explanation for this. It could be she could have been, you know, timey wimey. Yeah. <laughs> so she ends up um, if I remember correctly, she ends up kind of flying around that's, and she's... that's really does not pass the Bechdel test if like the one thing in the female superhero pod instead of super learning crystals was like a needle and thread. Right. Hey, <laughs> right. We gave her a sewing machine. There you go. You iron. can sew. <laughs> You're going to need some skills when you get to Earth, Kara. Here's, here's, <laughs> You're going to need to earn a living. Here's a typewriter <laughs> and a sewing kit. That's horrible. There you go. You can That's sew. Horrible, but so if we'd only known this sooner. <clears throat> so anyway, she comes out fully uh, costumed and I imagine quaffed. Yep. Flowing out of the water, I do, dry. I yeah. do remember her having just awesome super eighties blonde hair. Yep, yep. She looks great. Yep. I I, I would absolutely very Mariel Hemingway esque. Mm-hmm. And then mind. the best part of the movie happens at this point where she flies for the first time and she learns how to that fly. Ballet, you're yeah. Talking and about. Yeah. Apparently, it was which again. It was wasn't cut. even it. <laughs> it wasn't even in the original release, which is ridiculous. But l- luckily, when I watched it this out. morning on whatever international release yeah. I watched, uh, it was in there. And I gotta say, like we mentioned earlier, that's some of the best wire work flying uh, yeah. that you've seen on screen. I uh, think it's great. They hide the cables well. Yeah. Like you don't you don't get it. It's, it's not choppy at all. It's not a. This is not a blue screen. Right. Somehow they pulled this off. I don't know. But so it's I probably really then did not have not even seen that because I haven't seen it. 
Yeah, I doubt thirty you've seen years. This. So yeah. it's the U.S. cut. Yep. So you're saying that the best part of the whole movie we I didn't see. didn't even see, yep. let alone have a chance to forget. Correct. So whatever you think is the and best part, it's not the best part. The you're best part was already before. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Drop uh, it. and then, so she ends up flying to like she's flying through Chicago uh, in the original Donner Superman movies. It, it famously there's the Twin Towers. Uh, the New York is posing as Metropolis. Hold on, hold Here, on, hold on. I just, just as an audience member, I have to ask: Did you skip over the part where she interacts with Faye Dunaway's character? She does They were right next she to each other. Interact all? There. They don't. She doesn't. They don't interact there. She goes from there. She goes and adopts her uh, alter ego. Uh, she from she kind of walks by and sees some girls playing field hockey, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know what? That's what I want to do." So they go through this. Uh, kind of transition where she goes from her Supergirl costume to this alter ego to the alter ego outfits of these uh, private school girls that she just looked at and some and 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 and, <laughs> and her and, 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 and her and, and her, her super about, stitching in yes, about yes, ten her super steps. home ex skills and it's kind of a good eighties transition scene <laughs> like from Supergirl to her but it's. Again, kind of weird that she just is walking in as all of a sudden in the in the schoolgirl costume. Yeah, it's and really weird. And it manages to bullshit her way into enrolling. And, uh, in this, uh, in, uh, I believe that's an all-girls school. Yes. And then uh, the guy... And who's her roommate? Um, her roommate happens to be a Lucy Lane. <laughs> just by oh, Lucy Lane. Now, what a happy and, coincidence and now, for storytelling. to purposes. the Smallville <laughs> 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 and uh you know and I, I i i forgot to point out that when they're on the candor like city of Al- Ar- argo argo that there is a mention of a tree and she has to be explained what a tree is and mm-hmm. then uh peter o'toole says it's on earth and then she goes where my cousin is so so she is aware that that Kal-El, Superman is on earth and then so she is down and she she pretends to be this 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 boarding school student at this all girls school she's roommates with Lucy Lane and she says that she's the cousin of Clark Kent so she's also aware of the alter ego right of of Kal-El. Which is weird, having just landed on this. Correct. Yeah. And, and I don't know how they communicate with Altar Town, or uh, Argo. Ar- 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 Argo. So, yes, this is, it's really, like, there's no, the, the writing, the script is so, punched full of holes. Yeah. It's really horrible at this point. But they've at least burned this much goodwill to, to set up the movie. So now that she's a private school a Cousin girl of Clark Kent. Who, well, we just accept that. Yeah. That's why we bought yeah. the ticket because yeah. we knew it had something to do with Superman. Look, they proved it. Yeah. So now the story can finally start, right? Yes. So she's destroyed her home world by losing the super the egg. Yeah. Uh, and then she's decided she's going to be Supergirl, uh, and her alter ego is uh, just uh, Linda Lee. Linda Lee. Linda name. Lee. Yeah. That for some reason uh, they uh, it's Danvers in the comic book. Uh, but for some reason they changed it for this. I don't know to make it a separate universe or to make it somehow make it more canon with the movies. I'm not sure why they would change your name. Well, but it, it it's probably them down maybe Sal somebody Kynes named dig Lin- at Stan Lee. Maybe or maybe somebody named Linda Lee just died at that school and she was assuming her identity. Well, there's or, um, <laughs> I, I have another theory of this. There are Please there's do. a there's a <laughs> extraordinary amount 
of close-ups at the back of people's jeans, and they're, a lot mm. of them are wearing Lee jeans. Mm. Oh, that was big um, in the 80s. I like kidding. where you're going yeah. with this. Product and then, placement. And, and, they did, there was a lot of A&W yeah, logos and, I noticed and in this movie. If you flash forward to the very end of the credits, it says, like, special thanks to Lee jeans and like Honda synthesizers and like, you know, like they're like, it's really blatant in what Saul skin, what's his name? Salkine. Salkine is doing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, this movie is just full of just nonsense, you know, uh, uh, shenanigans. Yeah, but know? at least now the story can start, right? She, yes. She can and- under, uncover some sort of nefarious goings on at the school and then, Turn into Supergirl what, to what save the day. What she does right? uncover at the school is the uh, the janitor, yeah. the, the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper. She kind of catches an eye for this fancy young lad who is uh, played by. I don't tell me if this name rings a bell with you. Hart Bachner. Oh, Hart Bachner. A young Hart Bachner. Is he a German rock band from the eighties? <laughs> he is not. Uh, guess, Bubby, guess number one is down. Uh, a picture of this guy. Uh, show him a picture of him. Uh, now picture this guy now with the beard. Do you recognize him? Yes, listeners. Uh, here's a picture. Up to this point, uh, yeah. <laughs> what for are those you talking for about the, the listeners at home, he's been in Breaking Away, Terror Train, Rich and Famous. Why are you Super going Girl, through all of that? Uh, leading up to his movie. most famous role, where somebody's going to recognize him, hopefully. Ooh. Ellis from Die Hard. Die Hard. Oh, yeah, oh, Bubby. Bubby. Yeah. Yeah. Bubby. Hans. Bubby. Hans, Bubby. Oh, okay. So, yeah. now, there, there's so this... she's got a total sleazeball janitor <laughs> who's hitting totally on her. Totally worth sitting through this movie she gets to just school. to see that. Well, and um, I, I should actually, I want to back it up just a couple of minutes, like quite literally a couple of minutes before all this happens. When she's flying around and she's in Chicago She's in the middle of this town in this horrible neighborhood, and a semi-truck stops. And in the middle of a bad neighborhood in Chicago, two white dudes pop out. And it's basically an attempted rape. And, of course, she kicks her asses. Right. The two truckers try to yeah. assault her and lift up her skirt. One of them played by Max Headroom's uh, very own Matt Fuhrer. Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. Boy. That is him. Yeah, he yep. was still struggling. Yeah. Um, well, the other one by Vincent D'Onofrio? Any work? No. That's not him? <laughs> no. Okay. It uh, looks like him. All right. So but, so at um, some point, Matt Fuhrer grabs the Max Hedron. And then turns into Max Hedron. Did I, I just did I just predict the end? Did I get it? That's, I hope I did because good. honestly, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but maybe we'll maybe we'll pick up this synopsis that we made it ten minutes into later. Well, let me but let first, me fast forward. First, okay. I'm afraid uh, I I am dying to hear it, and I know uh, the listeners are too. Marky, let's talk uh, to Helen Slater. Uh, when did you guys talk? Oh yeah, we talked to her at Comic Con in 2018. Uh, she was there to promote maybe the Blu-ray release or the 35th anniversary of. Uh, it might have was Supergirl's anniversary last year. It might have been. Could be. Yeah, I don't remember exactly why she was there, but it was. It was. Um, it She'll was be great. thrilled to hear that. It was. It was great to like to like sit with her and to talk with her. Uh, I do get a couple of questions in, but I was a part of a really great table. It was about four or five of us, maybe at the most. Um, we had a great time, and I learned a lot about her process and how she ended up with this role. Um, All right, well, away. magic interview machine. Prove Marky right. Meanwhile. Hello. Hello. So, you were 21 years old. You just 
I don't think so. Was it not 20? I was 18. 18? Oh. <laughs> how, how, do you, how did you feel about taking this title character and becoming, taking on this whole movie? I mean, it was so exciting. I was 19 by the time we were done shooting. But um, it was just so exciting to make this film, to be cast, to get a part out of performing arts high school where, you know, getting acting work was all of our dream. It was the fame high school, so I had been, we weren't allowed to work really while we were there, so this was the big experiment, get a job, and it was really exciting. I mean, all I had was just looking forward, excitement, 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 excitement. Did you know anything about Supergirl before you got Nothing. Nothing. Zip. I don't even know how popular were how popular was that comic then. I mean, I don't know that it it was. It was still really big in the. More it's just now. Not in the Manhattan. What do you think of that original uh, kind of screen test off costume they gave you with the headband and right. the perm? Like I know, really wonky. But they were just saying at the other table that she was that way in the eighties. Well, they the they did book. that because the movie studio told them, "Hey, make her that way in the comics." So they did, and yeah. then the movie said, "Oh, never mind, we're doing this." Yeah, but then they crazy. stayed that way. What? Oh, look, you have. Fantastic. So that was done before the movie. Yes. It was done before the movie, but the movie asked them to do that. Oh, to, and then to tie they in. And then they it. like, oh, yeah, no, we're not doing that anymore. But crazy. Have fun. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Good um, ink. Nice and, ink. And you've raised <laughs> two different versions of Supergirl because on, you know, the live action show, you know, um, you're doing that. But then also in DC Superhero Girls, yes. you're Martha Kent and you're raising. Well, how that many Supergirl more mothers can I play? I know. You're. you're you're your own mother. How many people can say that across multiple continuities, too? That's true. Am I my own mother? I am. <laughs> I am. And I'm Clark's mother on Smallville. Yeah, Clark Kent's Yes, because you're Laura. Yeah. You're your own mother and your own aunt. I'm like the mother. I'm going to get some kind of special, like, uh, placement in the universe. Yeah. So... The, the costume that's for the original Superman. Yeah. Um, what was that like? I guess was it was it a lot of fittings, or did they get it right? I the remember they tried out a lot of different things. There were a lot of uh, chefs in the kitchen because it wasn't just it had it was the Salkins. I'm sure DC was part of it. The costume designer, the yeah. So yeah, but somebody at one of these comic cons bought one of the original Supergirl lead and it looks so tiny. I was like, did it shrink? I mean, I haven't, my weight hasn't changed that much, but I was like, I don't think I could actually, it looks so, the only thing I can think of is that just the dry heat or something that actually that material, it must have gotten, just must have shrunk it. What about flying? Uh, what was that like? I mean, I as a little girl, and even to this day, whenever I have a flying dream, I feel like I won the lottery because it's so vivid and such a beautiful experience. Have you ever had a flying dream? All the time. There's just nothing like it, right? So then to be actually doing it in a movie, I I don't know, I had this just particular joy around I'm going to be doing that thing that I love so much when I have a client. So, over the last few years, Supergirl has become much bigger than it had been in many, many years. And so how does it feel to be known as the first? Yeah, people have been asking that. You know, it's sort of like it didn't occur to me 
That's the only way to describe it. It just wasn't on the radar of like, oh, I'm the first of this. You know, I can put a feather in my cap. I did this. But what I do think is that it's curious that between 1984 and 2016, or whenever the Supergirl series came out, that there was nothing. I mean, even with all the flaws of the original screenplay, you would have thought somebody would have been like, come on, let's just take another whack at this. And they really, until Greg Berlanti was just like, let's let's do this. So that's, I find that just interesting. Was there even a, a another woman lead superhero movie between no. Wonder Woman and Supergirl? Well, Not in the Catwoman. lead. We had Catwoman. We don't talk about okay. Catwoman at this stage. Okay, I guess. We don't talk about that one either. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about them because they were great. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's but that's different still. Why is it different? It's not is not DC, right? It is. Well, oh, yeah. it is DC. Well, one Catwoman. Oh, one is Marvel. But still, they're they're they weren't really heroes. I mean, it's not well, the same as a young woman. Like think yeah. of Melissa right now, or just where they're figuring out who they are and yeah. keep making these choices, moral choices or ethical choices of like putting other people before themselves. That's unusual. Like you can't define that just as a character, even in the... Um, did you yeah. give any advice to Somebody else was asking that. I mean, I love this girl. I think she's incredible in the part. She's so deeply talented. Very early on, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the stuff about just being in this part. But, you know, my big thing is they one-hour TV shows work those actors way too hard for too many hours. I, I think there should be legislation or new laws put in because she will solidly work uh, 15, 16-hour days. And there's just no reason when you're doing a 22-episode. And anyway, that's beside the point. My feeling is that thing of self-preservation, self-care, so that you do have something in the tank. That, I would say, for any young person in their 20s and 30s. Just that mentality, especially in the West, especially in the United States, that vertical thinking, like you keep going, keep achieving, keep producing, keep going, keep going, and there's a, you know, I, I personally think there's a flaw in that mindset. And actors, we definitely have, you have to be, you know, you have to have a lot of inner strength to go like, I'm going to take a pass, or I don't think... Do you uh, do you see uh, a part of you in the Supergirls in comics now or in the TV show? Like, you know, I did have like a weird psychedelic experience. I had it when I saw Laura Vanderhoot. Is that how we say her? Yes. <laughs> when I first saw her on the set of Smallville, like I remember looking at the back of her and thinking like, okay... That's what I looked like. I, had, I couldn't see your face, but I was like, that's kind of what it was like 25 years ago back then or whenever it was. And similarly, seeing the S on Melissa, that kind of, I had a little bit of this wonky, there's no way to describe it. Just, I wish I had the words. It just felt really odd. It was such a melding, all-encompassing experience. No one else had played Supergirl yet. Here I am in my 50s seeing somebody in the thing that I was in, just, just kind of surreal, I guess is the right... And you've done, uh, what's that in the past? You've done Tal Yogo for... That's Batman true. That's a Martha, good call. Um, Martha Kent. But right. I wanted to give you, like, a proposition. Yeah. So, you know, the late Adam West, he did Return of the Cape Crusader. And he yeah. did Batman versus Two-Face. Yeah. What did they ever position you to do Supergirl 84? 
animated. Would you ever? Oh, that's funny. Who was saying uh, someone else had not quite that question? Yeah, I mean, I would, sure. I don't know that our voices change that much, so it would kind of be okay. However, like Adina Menzel, who's the most incredible singer on the planet, she did Frozen. But I felt, because she's more my contemporary than not, like, Mm -hmm. this is a 40-something-year-old doing a young... 15, like, I just felt, as an older person, I think if I was younger watching it, I, and I know that nobody cared, so I, I would be sensitive about that, yeah. about being a Supergirl voice in my 60s. It, <laughs> just to, yeah. just to keep going. That's very funny. So, you've also contributed to the comics. You wrote a story I for did. Supergirl number 50 back I in did. 2010, I think it was. Yeah. Um, how... How does it feel that you were able to contribute to that legacy? So fun. Just so fun. Say yes. Fun. There it was. Why not? (laughs) Was it any memories of working with Peter O'Toole on the Krypton sequences? I mean, I remember when I saw the scene in the Phantom Zone finally shot, and I thought, and I thought, like, oh, the wind is blowing, it's this natural acting, and he was Shakespearean. He kind of had his hand up, he had this whole, and I was kind of like this lame, yeah, that kind of, so I had a little bit like, oh. But um, I've told this story before that um, I had these speeches from Shakespeare memorized because of performing arts high school, and one was this Juliet speech that now is the Mask of Night is... Now is the Mask of Night is against my skin. Anyway, well, it's not coming to me now. But he said to me, and I was doing it very emotionally to Romeo, you know, and he said, I want you to try it again and pretend you're holding two daffodils in your hands. And what that did is it grounded me and allowed this poetry to come through. So that's a very profound memory of him. Very zen. Yeah, more, no, but more from an acting point of view so that the Shakespeare could come through and you weren't distracting with your hand movements or your... And the other thing, which I just told the other table, was him saying to me this thing about, I want you to think about the word aware. And I thought, like, that's so wild he's saying that. But here it is 35 years later, and that's a really good prompt to say to an 18-year-old. Because think about it. Like, what are you aware of right now? Where is your attention? Kind of had that Zen Buddhist something. Do you have any moments with like Faye Not personally. It was very, she was extremely professional, you know, sort of ran a very tight, sort of tight ship. Um, and I'm sure it's very tricky for her to have stepped into just this wild, like, Hieronymus Bosch painting. Like, what are you in after the kinds of roles she had done before? Um, So I think she probably was a little more buttoned up and just... And Brenda Vaccaro? Fantastic. So warm-hearted. Very, uh, you know, as you can imagine, just lots of dripping with warmth and humor and... Perfect. And why didn't you look for the Omega Hadron instead? You went to school instead. Crazy. <laughs> like your Where par- are the scriptwriters? Yeah, I'm glad that you agree with us on that. You know, we like watched the movie again last night at the hotel, like, and like I'm like, her are parents they? are dying any day, and you're you and Lucy Lane are like what having French fries. For goodness sakes. <laughs> agree. I I just that'll make everyone happy. <laughs> it's not necessarily the same situation, but. Um, 
you did an episode of Supergirl last season, Midvale, and these young actresses were stepping into parts that they had never right. done, and now you're kind of on the other hand, you know, you have these young actresses, did you give any advice to them? Um, they were so strong, both those girls, and delightful, like solidly delightful, and I thought they looked amazingly like the older, like Kyler and Melissa. Um, I don't know that I'd give advice, really. I mean, I've played now moms a lot, not only in the Supergirl, but The Lion Game and Gigantic and these other TV series, and the most fun for me is um, when they have auditions for something else, and traditionally everybody at some point is auditioning for something else, and then because I love coaching actors, I love actors so much, so to me that's like the boom. Uh, working on a scene for their audition or there. Yeah. <laughs> it gives me great joy. What's it like to be here and to see how, really how Supergirl's grown and, and just yeah. the, how, the fandom of this place? I can't, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm sure this is wrong to say this, but I am surprised that it still has a life this many years later. I mean, it really... I've done a lot of other films that have sort of been whatever, or television shows, but I guess in this era of these superheroes, I think the timing has a lot to do with it, and that Melissa's show is doing well, but I can't imagine it's going to keep going. I think at some point it will have its rest. My version, not the whole thing, but yeah. I have like an interesting thing about, will they change the... Um, not always keep doing these traditional beautiful women um, that are that whose bodies are traditional like I would really love to see someone take on in the superhero pantheon like the women that don't look like the uh, man's ideal version of a woman or and we haven't seen that yet it's still even though a lot has changed there's a lot more humor it's a lot there, there really is now, in the same way, I think, with gay movement coming out, like the LGBTQ, with just women's body types. There are women that are coming out as bigger, that are coming out as a new, with that not having to feel um, just the culture knocking them over the head of how you're physically supposed to look. And why not in a superhero? Or somewhere, it'd be really cool, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I think it would go a long way for a lot of the women, young girls that are growing up who are still feeling isolated, still feeling they don't quite fit in. There's a comic book, actually, about a superhero. What's it called? Because I saw it. Faith. Is she the... She's She's big. No, this is something else. It's a graphic novel. She lives on an island, and she has to go get food, and she's a big woman, and it's a graphic novel. It's true. Oh, man. I'm going to find out what it's about. And that's really... No, not that, but that's cool. All right, then I stand corrected. Does she have a power? Or she's just... Super, yeah, oh well, then I am completely stand corrected. Yeah. Well, but it's that's not a big. It's not a big. But you're wanting it to be, you know, wider, like you know, a wider, you know, more, yeah, 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 more and more mass media and stuff, like you know, because in every of these new superhero movies, it is the perfect body types, right? like the ones that everyone's seen. Yeah, it's you know, and it's it just would be interesting. It would be interesting. I would like a Superman that looks like this too. Right. You know? I mean, 
Maybe there's a series in that, like just a fun sort of... Have you been um, asked to come back uh, for Supergirl this coming season yet? I, not yet, but I'm pretty sure. They, they So far, the tradition is like two or three episodes they bring me up. And yeah. You got to knock Dean Kane over for all that nasty stuff he did right? the other year. My goodness. Yeah. But you know what it is about superheroes, though? They really replaced what used to be the Greek gods. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Agreed. And I, you know, I wrote a whole record about the Greek myths. Yeah. I'm a big Greek mythology person. Yes. Yeah. Interestingly. Although we brought in other things like with Superman. But it has that. I think people, like, probably in a thousand years would look back in the same way we look back at Greece, at Homer and the Odyssey, the Iliad, and look at these. uh, Yeah, that'd be interesting. This is kind of making that pantheon of these. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you get to meet Chris while filming? I did. I did. He was so lovely and so sweet. Very sorry he's gone. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You were lovely to talk to. Great From the producers of Superman, Alexander Solkind presents Supergirl. Like Superman. He's my cousin. Wow. Supergirl on a secret mission to save her world. You got your fun, Selena. The game is finished. Starring Faye Dunaway, Peter O'Toole, and Helen Slater as Supergirl. Rated PG. Starts Wednesday, November 21st at a theater near you. Whoa. Supergirl. Uh, it's hard to not hum the music of John Williams that is not in this movie. That's <laughs> worth pointing out. Right. That is, <laughs> yeah, they went yes. with something totally different on the trailer. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting choice. Like, but I mean, it was def- It was still his score in the opening title. In no, I don't think so. I think it's very synthesized. I think it's different. Yeah, you're, uh, you're correct. I mean, yeah, I think they they couldn't afford him for that. Is yeah. what they? Yeah, I, w- I would assume so. I assume. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they <clears throat> obviously have the rights to. The Superman theme, as they're going to apply it. High but. school bands can play John Williams music. They couldn't. It's not John Williams playing all the music. It's the rights to. He has to well, compose I know, it. But no. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, that was that was the that was the thirty second trailer to Supergirl, and no, notice it said November twenty first. So was this a Thanksgiving release? So, yeah, it was. It would have been a Wednesday, right? Would any um, of us uh, gone to see the fact checkers? <laughs> any, I don't know. But uh, I just think it's funny that this movie in 1984 was a Thanksgiving release. You know, isn't it more like this is this? this are, you, are you trying to draw out a turkey joke here? No, I just think that this should have been a summer release. Mm. Well, even this should have been a big, you know, this is a big superhero film. Maybe Things they changed. Maybe they realized yeah. that they had a potential stinker on their hand and wanted to get the extra couple of uh, days to, of the Thanksgiving weekend. You know how you, it comes out on the Wednesday, you get those couple days of you think so of box office. Oh well, well. If we did our research, we would have known what the box office was. But uh, I I prefer to ponder than research myself. Uh, And also, welcome back, everybody. And that was uh, Helen 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 Slater Slater. from pretty recently, just uh, last uh, last Comic Con. Yeah, correct. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's a pretty accurate picture. Charming, charming young woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was. She was. 
she's just she has a very calming presence, right? Yes. There's yes. like it's really hard to like get all worked up. Very you know? subdued. It's very, yes. very subdued. Yeah. But she made all of us very, very welcomed and uh I got a couple of the questions in. Yeah. So uh, she, I'm sure we'll kinda of talk about that, but Go ahead. I, I was going to say she masked her excitement very well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was well, she was playing it very cool meeting Marquis. Yeah, <laughs> I was just as excited, Helen. Believe me. Uh, it, uh, this was just one of those moments where you know you get, this is this is why we do the podcast. It's that you're you kind of every once in a while get the opportunity to kind of be in front of somebody that was just a really big deal to you at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And this movie was, and again, just to kind of rehash what we talked about earlier, I remember this movie being like, I remember liking this movie once and watching it many times. Yes. Like, I and, watched and it. That's, <laughs> and that's, as I said, I'm still in that boat. I haven't rewatched it just recently, like yeah. two of you. So you are convincing me not to rewatch it. Yeah, I, I'm going to save and We'll you. see if I can even survive <laughs> the rest of this synopsis. <laughs> That's right. Where do we leave off? I'm in the... Let's see. I think you just described uh, sexual assault by Matt Frewer. Okay, you're in, right. In Chicago. Uh, and uh, That's when the this plot is a good really introduction. Lots of minutia, but w- w- when does the plot take off? Well, yeah, it's funny because I think that we're only in the first like eight minutes, ten minutes. Um, so, yeah, I got to really speed this up. Yeah, so she ends up. We already talked about her smash going to school. Cut to the, smash yeah. cut to the Phantom Zone. <laughs> she goes to the school. She ends up meeting uh, Lucy Lane. She falls in love with Ellis from Die Hard. Um, Faye Dunaway's going crazy because she's this wicked witch. She's got a she's got a, a the, bean dip space rock that's making her super powerful. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with the bean dip, but the Max Hedron right is uh, right. it's. It's in her possession, and even though she was a practicing witch with world domination, she never really had the power to do it. Well, now she has it, uh, th- you know, thanks to Supergirl's, you know. Uh, um, of all the bean dips in all the world. <laughs> it fell right into her bean dip. So, yeah, so now Supergirl, who has just a few days to save her family, is you know, she, in, she enrolls in school. She's friends with Lucy Lane. She ends up meeting uh, a strapping bow tie Jimmy Olsen. Oh yes, he's also in it. It's the only actor that's again that's in that's in all of these movies. And um, she kind of gets distracted by Ellis, who's shirtless in one of the scenes, is ripped as fuck. I mean, it's just like this guy's just all ripped. Mm. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a good looking guy. I think we were all ripped back in the eighties. Yeah, Woo! I was. Um, I know. I and was. Uh, the filmmakers sure were. Hey, can I get some for that? Uh, well, no, it's just not it, It's just one of these things where like it doesn't really plot just doesn't really mean anything here. Like it's just you know all the pieces are on the table. You know you have to get the orb. Get it back to the family. Right. Yeah. It's, it, they, You're describing they, what the plot would be. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. that's where it would plug in. Yeah. And then it's just kind of just shenanigans right now. So you have to have her save a couple of people from here until the end of the movie. Um, she does establish this like little kind of rivalry with the Faye Dunaway character. Mm-hmm. You know, well, she, she, she's also in love with Ellis. And uh, she's and, in love with Ellis. Right. Yeah. So she puts the, the love Ellis. spell on Ellis. And, You're uh, right. You're right. So Faye Dunaway is also in love with Ellis. And so she... This is where the conflict between our two uh, characters is created. It's not the fact that, <laughs> that Faye not Dunaway the has domination. the orb. <laughs> yes. It's the fact <laughs> that they both like Ellis. Right. Women's yes. being women's. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's sounding is, worse and worse. It gets worse. And so, oh, so yeah, boy. they're basically fighting over this, this dude. And, um, so, yeah, so they go with these crazy fights, right? Uh, that end up sending her to the Phantom Zone? Well, yeah, so there's, uh, she has the power now of, the Infinity Stone, or whatever the hell it is, and so <laughs> Omega Hedron, Omega Hedron, and so she ends up, yes, after fighting Faye Dunaway for the love of Ellis from Die Hard, they end they're through this crazy charm. She gets sent to well, the Phantom Zone. I mean, it, we really should touch briefly on that the crazy scene where she makes she possesses the. Uh, the backhoe or whatever that is oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. and chases Ellis down the street and scoops him up. And then the big tire comes rolling off of the gas station uh-huh. and kind of purposefully chases people down the street. It's really, uh, it's madness. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind it's of the, ringing a bell. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and know, it's all kind of Faye Dunaway standing on the side, waving her arms and all these, uh, weird things for, I mean, probably due to the budget, you can't really do too much except for roll a giant tire down the street. And maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fly my tire. Right. And, and hide a guy behind the uh, steering wheel of a back. And, and this whatever was, that thing was, you know, <laughs> this was clearly filmed in like Tucumcari, New Mexico or something like, it's like this small little town. Well, it's right? worth, worth noting. That's where that happens, where that big fight scene happens in, in the daytime. Is the same scene where uh, Max Headroom and that other guy tried to accost uh, Supergirl when she first gets there. It's the same. It's thing. only lit lit different, shot from a different angle. Oh, I didn't know that. Good. Shot for you, night. You turn CD Chicago <clears throat> into Tucumcari, New Mexico. Indeed, <laughs> that's basically what it Hollywood. Is. That's the magic of Hollywood, right there. They, they, I'm not saying this movie didn't do something right. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so it's just it's just really. Things just oh, I'm sorry about that. Things just kind of get crazy here, right? Um, and uh Supergirl is obviously the foil to Faye Dunaway. It's very it's very well established at this point. You've seen Supergirl act super. She's she's stopping this like runaway tractor that's possessed by Faye Dunaway. It gobbles up Ellis. She like tears the jaws of the tractor open, takes Ellis out. And at the time, Faye Dunaway put a trance on Ellis that the first person that she sees he will fall in love with and of course it's Supergirl because she just saved him. Okay. So it's just really weird. It's a stupid script. It's horrible as Helen herself said in the interview that you guys just heard. It's just, it's full of just nonsense. At at, Um, at some other point does someone write an anonymous (laughs) love letter that then bounces between all the main cast members and everybody thinks everybody else wrote it? Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It, it is not they, a. It's not an episode to, of Three's Company. Do they have to asking. win a ski competition to save the mountain? No, it's, it should have been. <laughs> Surely they were able Sol- to put a couple more <clears throat> solid pull. Solid it's pull. it's pretty bad. And yes, what ends up happening is that Faye Dunaway ends up again with the power of the orb. Uh, ends up sending Kara through a mirror, which ends up putting her into the Phantom Zone. And here she runs into Peter O'Toole again. So this is Peter O'Toole. Zoltar. Zoltar. And this is his second scene and only in his final scene. And um, yeah, they end up kind of dealing, dealing with the Phantom Zone, which is, you know, it is kind of cool, right? If Well, it's also... Because when you are a kid... 
you see, you know, Zod sent into the Phantom Zone, and then the next thing, but you never see the Phantom Zone itself. So this is kind of cool, right? Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. This is the first time that we see uh, inside the Phantom Zone as opposed to that mirror thing. Yeah. Right? And I always kind of assumed that that was the Phantom Zone, that they were you were just trapped in that mirror, beaten on, like, ah, let me out. Uh, but it, in this movie, they kind of... It, they kind of make it seem like that's the transport to get you to the Phantom Zone. Yeah. And then they show it's just kind of like Dirty Moon. It's kind of Yeah. <laughs> dirty, windy moon. And it was yeah. a big there, yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, there's mean, like a lot of cyclones. Right, right. And glittery. <laughs> glittery. No, nobody's, yeah. nobody's building in the Phantom Zone. But I, th- I was yeah. going to mention that uh, uh, Sir Peter O'Toole uh, performance on in said Phantom Zone is really uh, worth checking out, even even if just for that moment. He's he's given everything in the face of all of these PAs throwing dirt into the wind machines right in his face, and he's he's just really announcing over everything, over all the wind and everything. This way, Kara, and just, just really leaning into the role. It's it's worth seeing it for that. Originally, yeah. the Phantom Zone was a forest. And then Peter O'Toole <laughs> chewed all the scenery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a good yeah. one. I think, and he, and again, so this we're probably seeing one of the later takes then because everything's <laughs> well, at exactly. this point. Yeah. He's he's still wearing the and Bill I Cosby will act the until this yes. is a dead moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's really like laying it on, man, and he's got a wicked awesome head of hair. He's, he's fit. He's looking good, and he dies a CGI horrible death. It's really bad, right? He does this like he falls into one of the cyclones, and it's just like what? Right, 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 yeah, right. It's right. just it's horrible. Now, <sighs> now and it was just just it, lay there, Peter. We'll we'll take care of the rest. Yeah, um, and I'm sorry, we'll I'm not a little bit. We'll pull the camera back. Green I'm, screen, uh, baby. My my apologies for not spoiler alerting, but this movie is hardly worth anybody's time. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna. Well, that, that, I, I could tell you the good. First scenes. of all, that's the name of my new podcast. Spoiler alert, or, or I'm gonna ruin the endings of 35 year old movies. <laughs> so Peter O'Toole dies, and it's presented like he sacrificed himself for Kara to get out of the Phantom Zone. Although it's not really well established what it would take to get her out of the Phantom Zone, other than climbing this thing and not getting sucked into the thing. So I'm assuming that by him getting sucked into it, it allows her to escape it, and thus he sacrificed himself. To get to get her out, and which is fitting because he's the reason why everybody's in this predicament anyway. Because he was the one that, you know, uh, very irresponsibly misheld, mishandled the orb to begin yep. with. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of making amends. He is. It should be pointed out. It is touched upon in the first scene that the reason why he's in the Phantom Zone is because he exiled himself there. You right. Know, right. Over his guilt of right of losing of, the thing. Of dropping the Omega Hedron yeah. in the sewer. <laughs> yeah, like letting a kid play with it like it's a tennis ball. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you know, things are, things so, are yeah. looking okay. So he, he exiles yeah. himself, and as a way to make amends for it, he's like, right, I'll get you out. I'm just going to kill myself. Yeah, and so he jumps into the vortex. I'm done with this script. He jumps into the vortex, and she's out of the vortex. And then all of a sudden, she crashes out of the mirror. And it should be pointed out that Faye Dunaway, in the meantime basically turns into like a Mussolini character. She ends up taking over the small town Correct. of Tucumcari, New right. Mexico. <laughs> and she's she has like 
like bicycle helmeted guards in the front of her limousine in the back of the limousine. Ellis is all mind warped in the you know next to her. So she was able to rework the love potion. Yeah, everybody's right. just okay. totally. She's totally Mussolini at this point. Right. Without and Supergirl in her way, she's kind of. She's t- now she, unstoppable correct. to at least Tucum carry domination. <laughs> yeah. We start. Well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. she's starting. Got to buy Baltic before Park Avenue. <laughs> and so. then she First actually. Mississippi. <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, the world. I don't even think that I that I even brought this up. But hard she, to believe she she teleports the mountain from <laughs> from close encounters. Right. The mountain, yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. the wait, what? You know, the big mountain from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's like a it's like a big mountain that's yeah, in Montana. Devil's, that flat uh, top, yeah, something, yeah, uh, that one, uh, big, big Willie's uh, slick mountain. Yeah. yeah. So basically, <laughs> she puts that inside of Tucumcari, New Mexico, so that all of the all of the local towns are like, "Oh, what the hell is this?" And her tower <laughs> this is, is up on of top. A God. Yes, right. <laughs> the right. tower's on top of this thing. So that's where she's living, and and, then, it's, and it doesn't. Uh, Appear, I mean, like fade in. It just no, kind of like shows up. Snap, and yeah, it's <laughs> and it's that like a really bad seventies Saturday morning. Uh, uh, the, the, right. The reason why this summary is so all over the place is because the script is just all over the place. So let's just get to the end. Let's let's just let's end this now. I'm okay. I'm, I'm on right. board now. Okay. All right. So Supergirl gets out of the mirror, which is on top of a cat, which is in a castle that's on top of the Close Encounters Mountain that is now in Tucumcari, New Mexico. Okay, she breaks out of this and then swallow the fly. That (laughs) I don't know why she has to die. So I, um, I'm trying my hardest to kind of bring this to you. I'm I think I'm struggling. Jimmy, can you please go over the end of the movie? Okay, well. It's it it comes at when they're fighting. It's again some really bad special effects, some really bad green screen where she's just kind of laying in front of her, standing in front of a green screen and and wiggling around. And then they're back projecting some uh, some stop motion yeah. puppets and uh, this kind of thing. And it's again, it's a whole lot of uh, face acting with Faye Dunaway wiggling her hands around, and then uh, Helen Slater. A lot of air going, machine, right? Yeah. And Helen Slater just kind of going ah. ah with these <laughs> fake monsters behind her. Uh, but she eventually... Uh... Oh, uh... Well, I... the, the, there's there's like this like demon monster that she like summons, like this like darkness right, right, right. demon, right? Uh, is, it, is it like a Cthulhu thing? Is that what she's been trying to summon the whole time? Has I, that been I, her secret weapon for world domination? I don't think so. I think this was just like, oh, yeah. So this is just like, you can I handle need a it. demon just real quick. Another thing that she's going to throw at it. And then, <laughs> okay. And then uh, similar style to the, our first Superman movie, she kind of flies around in circles around the monster until it blows up. <laughs> it does blow up. <laughs> and it pulls in the so, witch. And they so all... she just modified the old escape from the Phantom Zone uh, cyclone shoot out. Uses that tornado, shoots everybody back into the Phantom Zone. You Kryptonian just, physics. You just made that make more sense than what it ever could <laughs> what the script bothered to give you. But hold on. It gets better. No, we're not done. So oh, now, that, now that uh, the witch, I'm trying to remember her name. Is it Bianca maybe? Uh, now that she's gone, Ellis is out of his spell. Uh-huh. They reunite. Now that Supergirl's got the uh, Omega Hedron back in her hands, and this is I, after all the weirdnesses that happen. This is where it really gets weird for me. Is she 
she just flies off with the Omega Hedron into the river, or in, yeah, into the lake that she landed in. And now all of a sudden, the whole Argo City is there. Yeah. And uh, unexplic- unexplicably, the whole Argo City is there. Uh, she just flies in in her Supergirl costume. And well, home is where the holding Omega, the Omega Hadron is. Hadron in, and it is treated like welcomed like a hero. And and uh, credits. That actually makes no explanation of why they were there. What I mean, what's going on no, with this reunion? It makes a lot of sense. I think it was Anton Chekhov who said. If you've got a child holding an Omega Hedron in the first, <laughs> in the first act, act. And, yeah. <laughs> she's going to fly back she's to her city back under to a the lake Argo at city. the end. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. She left Argo mm-hmm. in a spacecraft mm-hmm. that crashed in the lake. Ran off. Yeah. yeah. And then she gets the Max Hedron and, what, and, and then now, goes into the lake and now the Argo's in the lake. Yes. That's what happens here. I mean, maybe even just one line of dialogue saying, hey, we'll meet you there. Would have been. It's really well, weird. Would have been helpful, and but there's, there's no. And maybe I'm. Maybe I'm still don't have a total grasp on it. I just watched it at least it as and much I <laughs> as I should. Yeah. But I thought that once this uh, Omega Max Hedrum was <laughs> lost in the sewer, Argo was like was screwed. They were fucked. That's yeah. why they had a few days out of quote unquote guilt. Right. She right. takes the only escape pod. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, she leaves everybody behind. So what? She's like, Argo I got, basically... I got this. Hold my, hold my Cosmo. I got this. <laughs> it's hilarious. Was, maybe was Argo? Was all of Argo in the Phantom Zone? And that's I when Peter uh, O'Toole was like, "Well, I'll banish myself further. I'll wander off near this magic." That's an interesting cyclone. theory, but I, I kind of took it to be like, although they didn't say it, it was kind of a "We'll meet you there." And then, you know, who knows how long it takes. Maybe they took the, you know, Kara had a shortcut because she's more lean in the escape pod. <laughs> and they had to fly at a different speed or something. None of uh, this stuff is established. Like, we're basically Oh, no, forced... this is uh, spitballing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... We're just, we're we're kind of forced to, like, piece together right, a right. coherent storyline here. Mm-hmm. This this I still movie... have fond memories, so I wouldn't mind retconning this a little here. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. guaranteed we could save this movie. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not there's some good uh, foundation there. I I <laughs> think that you would not change expectation. <laughs> we can like, bring this in. Lower your expectation. This is the a kind lot. of movie that if you want to watch it, you should watch it with a bunch of people. This is your and like, maybe you're B having movie. A, a drinking game yeah. with this people. <laughs> like it's, you know, because um, there are some there are some like cool things in this movie. You know, yeah. you this is definitely Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl's in it. it it's She's got, still cool. That's it's got, it's got all that. the tropes. She's got the blue and the red cape. She's got the S on her chest. Uh, it's interesting to note. Did, did we mention earlier that that is the same cape? Uh, from I think we Chris, did, Chris have, but it's worth pointing out again. Okay. This is the same yep. cape. It's, so I came here to make, real, I came here to make one true. observation. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is you know, uh, this is a this would be the perfect movie for like a mystery science three thousand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, where you just kind of you just get a bunch of friends together, a bunch of smart asses, and let's just all watch this movie and just kind of goof, you know, because yeah. there, there there are some good parts. There are parts that are enjoyable to watch. There are parts that are funny to watch. There are parts that are also impressive, you know, too. It's got all that in it. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> it's a horrible, <laughs> stupid movie. Mm-hmm. But it, it it is fun to watch. 
Yeah, it's a that, fun watch. That redeems a lot, and which yeah. is easily explained why me as a child would love it. I think so. I, I mean, I as an adult, probably shouldn't watch it unless I'm really, really ready to laugh at it. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, like with most things, I think, yeah, uh, especially superhero-wise, I enjoyed a lot more, uh, at least in a different way as a child, yeah. and then uh, mm-hmm. come to appreciate it through a different light as an adult. Um, but that's what makes me love this, uh, the genre, the superhero genre, I guess. You know, it hooked me as a kid, and now... Yep. You, you might almost say the themes of which grew up with us. Ooh, I believe you're right about that. Here on that. Saturday morning cereal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my I goodness. think But all right, now let's 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 tease that out though. So if it's growing up, uh the next as you say, the next finally the next female superhero movie. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Could we sit around with a bunch of people, make uh, Mystery Science Theater snide jokes about it? Would that be okay? I, I think it's too good for that. Um, well, I, I think you could do it with any movie. Sure, I'm sure, that's right. fair. Also yeah. fair. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it would be as entertaining. I liked but it. I liked it. Uh, I, I, I think it'll stay at the top of the box office for at least one more week, possibly. Oh, he's no, oh, uh, no, no. He was talking about Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. the yeah. the movie Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, like that one. Yeah. Is it okay to make fun of it? Sure. I mean, there's some funny parts. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of funny parts in that one. I would, uh-huh. I would yeah. say. I mean, not intentional like like this. Not intentionally funny parts, but uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Good uh-huh. moments to crap on it. Yeah. Okay. But okay. Uh, uh, isn't it funny though that you have Supergirl in 1984, and then you really don't get a superheroine movie until Wonder Woman and not a at least not a big blockbuster. Yeah, right. you just I mean it's I guess I know there's Electra and Catwoman mm-hmm. and yes. I'm sure there's some other ones but you know but anti-heroes like, yeah, but some would argue. They're 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 borderline superhero at best, but they're still not like on the panthe- they're not Superman, right? Yeah, they're not and, Superman, they're not Batman. Yeah. They're not apparently Iron Man who before you know the Marvel movies Iron Man came out. I never thought was so central, yeah, or such an iconic character. Yeah, but, they they like never really tried to make a superhero a, a, a superheroine movie before, right? right I mean, right. It, it, I mean, they were like it was like where being a girl was a part of the charm, where it was yeah. like that was a part of the challenge and a part of the arc. Well, right? also, yeah, but I mean, also remember that uh, superhero movies have only uh, kind of recently come into vogue where whereas everything's a superhero movie no i don't yeah. nobody might not have i mean that was a pretty big chance to take in 1984 to to do a, a woman a, a female superhero lead you're right? absolutely right about and it's, that and, and we're really looking at probably i mean i would say x-men the original brian singer x-men is when you really start to see people you know the uh the um the the companies looking at superhero properties as as, as a money making right and then you and then you come along with the, the x-men franchise and wolverine hugh jackman hits really big uh, spider-man spider-man is doing pretty good and then uh and then once we get around but at no point even then did we get uh you know a storm motion picture yeah. or correct right right, never, right right and no one was as i recall really clamoring for it then either i might i there might have been some rumors of, of a halle berry you know once well, once she did catwoman yeah. Maybe that's why they got poo pooed, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but, uh, but but again, you know, and then uh, the Dark Knight starts to do really well. Uh, the, you know, that, his series, and then once we get it. to Iron Man, now 
almost everything is a superhero movie or everything is a superhero pro- comic book property yeah. and this is a good way for studios to make money right so to the and, point where it doesn't even have to be a well-known superhero correct because right, at correct. first you know if, if a studio was going to bankroll it like i said it had to be batman super mm-hmm. like i think iron man would would have been considered too small potatoes for the budget it got until the batman mm-hmm. dark knight yeah, series yeah, yeah. was really starting to rake it in <clears throat> well even so though you, you only had wonder woman and supergirl to pick from basically yeah and i was actually about to like i, I was about to touch on that a little bit yeah. because that's kind of where we're kind of heading is that yes there was there was very few female superheroes anyway mm-hmm. why didn't they make wonder woman movie sooner Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, it's an obvious choice, and they never did. I mean, it and that one over time. the years, I do remember some clamoring. Well, and there was a, yeah. a wonderful Linda Carter TV show that I grew up watching as well, and it was fantastic. I thought, yeah, as a matter of, I'm a little ashamed we hadn't mentioned that by yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, I know they, we were just talking movies, but yeah, but that that show was fantastic. Oh, bring in, me in back for memory. that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Carter was fantastic as Wonder Woman. She's still kind of the main Wonder yeah. Woman. In still my, pretty fantastic. Yeah, but as um, anything. But yeah, so they didn't really take the time to like make even the few superheroines that they had into a movie. I mean, they they just totally skipped it until they got to Iron Man, you know. Right. I mean, it, you know, yes, he's a B-level guy, but he is that's a pretty cool character. And anyway. also and then and this is kind of the, you know, speaking of Wonder Woman, this is also uh, so that had to be around 04 or 05 when um the Mad Max guy was making his Justice League movie, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they, you know, all that character design got crapped. So there was uh, Wonder Woman and an, another female in that a superhero, but but uh, the, the, there's just been like this. There, say so they they did Superman in the very early '80s, late '70s. Supergirl, they kind of squeezed in there, and for us that were hungry for superhero movies, there weren't any. We watched Supergirl, this mm-hmm. horrible movie, and I watched it many times, and I remember liking it. I don't remember not liking it. Mm-hmm. You know, now I, it's about thirty years gap between my, the last time I'd seen it, but I remember liking that movie. And so there was just nothing, right? There was a Dolph Lundgren Punisher in there, and then that's kind of it as far as well. And he's arguably not a superhero either. But anyway, comic book movies were just gone. Um, did, didn't you have so, a David Hasselhoff, uh, Nick Fury movie in there? I did not. Yeah, I no. didn't. Yeah, I don't. Th- did that ever get made? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, that might I have been a TV that. thing. Okay. And there, and there was st- uh, the Flash was on TV. The Flash. Yeah, I TV. watched that. Yeah. You know, because we were hungry for superheroes. Yeah. And right. for you young for kids, action. there was another Flash on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's on the Who's long time ago? And he actually plays Flash again in the new show. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you were aware of that. Oh, of course okay. I was aware okay. of that. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, there's like I this. There's this large gap of superhero live action stuff. Um, and then there's especially large gap between female live action superhero stuff. Yeah. And so they end up going for some of the B level, C level, D level supermen, superhero men. That's why we got, you know, Black Panther and Iron Man and, and all of those guys. Ant Man has Ant-Man. two movies. Ant Man has two Ant-Man movies. Ant Man has two movies. <laughs> but good you know, point. You know, 
and also a point in in the sixties, Ant Man was kind of like their guy. He was he was a lot bigger than you might realize now. He was one of the original founders of the uh, Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. And he had uh, I think at least one of his own title that was a big seller. And uh, but eventually, uh, Captain America and Iron Man came into vogue and kind of pushed Ant Man to the wayside. They're like, yeah, he's not that. I mean, he only really grows big and small and. And that's all he does. So yeah, he, he used to be. A, he, he he's used still. To be he's clearly. A much bigger, he's clearly uh, a D level. Like Namor character. You know? Yeah. You these know? days. Oh yeah. These yeah. days. Yeah. But still. Yes. Yeah. Still. I mean, always and still and always will be. He'll always be uh, under. You know, he's under Captain America, under Iron Man, under when, Hulk, when under the Thor. studio money people well, are I mean, green lighting something. Technically, Ant Man at that size, he's self. under everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Don't I don't want to. I don't want to gloss over my size joke. <laughs> He's under everybody. He's an ant. Yeah. And so, absolutely. I don't want to. Uh, let's let the applause die down from that yeah. joke. Thank but, Thanks for having me. But this is this is where we are now. Where we burned through the two dominant female superheroes already. Yeah. Uh, Supergirls on a popular oh, we, show. We savored it. Uh, it was Wonder about 30 Woman. years. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman's a huge hit. Supergirl TV show is killing it. Now we're finally at the B-level superhero, female superhero. Leading Boom. a blockbuster. Correct. Yep. Finally, they've caught up. And An it early is, spring blockbuster, but nonetheless. It's personified in the Captain Marvel movie. Now, I've seen it. Jimmy's seen it? I have. Shay, you haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it okay. yet. Okay. Um, you know, I don't want to get into a big movie review. That's not what this show is about. But what I would like to kind of touch on is, you know, look at where, how far it's come. Now, we don't, we don't have a large sample size. You know, by the way that I've defined it anyway, there's three movies. There's Supergirl, Wonder Woman, and Captain Marvel. Okay. Look at where we are now and look at the quality difference between Supergirl Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. It's something else. Uh, well, yeah, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure Marvel steamrolled this project pretty quick once they saw the success of Wonder Woman, right? And that that's going to open up for a lot more female, um, even if it's the B level kind. Any, I think yeah. anyone. Like um, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, I think there's a like uh, Carol Danvers' friend. I don't remember her name, the one that piloted mm-hmm. the ship kind of at the end. Again, major spoilers if you haven't seen this movie yet. <laughs> but uh, uh, her little girl is going to, uh, you remember, her? Mm-hmm. she ends up being somebody in the oh, Marvel okay. universe. She has that. at least three names, and I kind of predict that she's possibly going to take the Iron Man suit from Tony oh, in uh, Avengers Infinity War Finn. Fin. Uh-huh. Ellie, <laughs> but uh, that's just my own prediction. I don't know. But yeah. she's she's definitely because now it's there's a 35 year gap in the storyline, right? Of, since uh, Captain Marvel and this final Infinity War. So yeah, she's definitely a player. So there's we're gonna see. I guess my point is we're gonna see a lot more female superheroes come just from that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I and uh, that'll have their DC. Own solo I, I know is already doing a Wonder Woman sequel. Sure. Right. That comes out, I think, this year or next. The Wonder Woman 2, mm-hmm. WW84. So that's one right. that would fit. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, uh, actually, Marquis, let me ask. Would you consider the Black Widow movie to be a female superhero movie? I I would because she's she is established as an Avenger at this point. Okay. You know? Now, if the Black Widow movie came out in 2010... 
it would have been a B level movie. I mean, a, a B level superhero. Is Black but, Widow a superhero? Excuse me. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah I, beg your, I beg your this, pardon, this, fellas. She's uh, exactly. <laughs> this is this is what I wanted to provoke. Well, she would be as much of a superhero as Batman is. He's Ooh. just a normal human that can fight. What, what say you, Lizenskate? I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's what puts him above all the other superpowered yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is just a guy. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but yeah, uh, you know, I, there, there is this like. Um, but a hero nonetheless. If, if we kind of go back a little bit and look at, look at how, the, look at how the, the woman was presented in Supergirl. Which, even though she's the most powerful being, was all, was constantly trapped, was fumbling, was was the was the she was the the Eve she you know who who ate the apple right instead it was like this little orb that escaped and almost doomed the whole world right hmm. you know so like she was she she interesting is, analogy she, she's like the she's like the cause of all the problems she's the most powerful person on earth because you know Superman's not not present anymore, but yet she's always helpless and just barely being able to like overcome all this stuff. She's not really that strong of a character. And I mean that metaphorically, she's not that strong of a character. Yeah. Um, and then almost like a baby deer learning to walk. Yeah. It's really, and there's some, there's some whimsy to it and it's kind of adorable too, but then you get to captain Marvel and how that character is presented and, there's at least three or four songs in it that are all about women power and about like um, we can overcome. And like, this is, this is a, that's a movie where she's constantly trying to tear the, to like break that glass ceiling, Hmm. you know, like she's just, she's trying to rise above all this stuff. It makes it a real central part of the story. And I think that's where the movies are going. This fourth wave or fifth wave of Marvel it's going to be about the disenfranchised finally having a say and finally having the power, I think. Huh. I think that's how far we've come. That's that heavy, incredibly that's heavy bro. Yeah, that's yeah. Heavy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, why, and you know, so I, I just read this. Um, was an article, I don't remember. It might have been in Hollywood.com or what's the... What's the popular one? Deadline? D- uh, maybe that. Maybe, Bleeding maybe. Cool? I don't um, know if you've ever was, heard of that. Uh, <laughs> it was on Bleeding Cool, but it was basically matching up like the Black Panther is going to be the new um, Captain America in the way that the films are projected. In the new wave? Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, Captain Marvel is the new Captain America, I believe, in the way that she's presented. Mm-hmm. And, if you like, and if you were to like watch both of the movies, they're both structured the same. You know, Captain America is like Captain Marvel – and then the Black Panther is like Iron Man. Wait, did I mess that up? No, I think that's correct. And so, anyway, this like this like new wave of superhero movie is gonna be the inverse of what started it all, right? It was Thor, uh, Captain Marvel. I mean, Thor, Captain America. I think it was uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, Captain America was first, right? I think. No, Iron Man was the first okay. movie. Yeah, yeah. But then they ended up making the movie Captain America about the mm-hmm. first Avenger, which t- which takes place earlier. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that. Point yeah. is, the movies have come a long way, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And in you know, this is the beginning of it. We've we're, we've been kind of ready for this since 1984. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And well, they're they're willing to sell us 
uh, this product. Yeah. And and I think they're only willing to do that because we've made it clear we're willing to buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, a pat on the back for all of us, gentlemen. Oh, for just for three dudes Good. just finally allowing yeah. this to happen. Good work for us, boy. <laughs> we're gonna let them. Yeah. We're gonna let let's let them in the treehouse. <laughs> well, yeah. Again, oh, that's like, uh, somebody's got to sew my socks, right? Oh, oh God. See, that's that's just. So uh, on that note, um, yeah. I think so uh, we're, we're hopeful to, that did I missed the point. <laughs> the, the trend. <laughs> oh God, the trend appears to have been positive. I hope it continues. Uh, but just wake me up when they finally make an Irish superhero. Uh, moving on, we've oh, got... Uh, what's his name in the X-Men? Is uh, the Banshee. Isn't he? I'm pretty sure he's Irish. I don't know. I don't nothing. Know. I, I do. Nothing worse than when you make a maybe one person list. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's to, to try to address this problem. <laughs> All right. Some of my best friends are Irish superheroes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I can use the I word. <laughs> this is why I can say leprechaun. <laughs> no, you can't, boy. No, you can't. Uh, all right, listen. We've got uh, we've got precious little patience left, I think, of our audience. But I know you guys want to talk about our presence coming up at WonderCon yeah. 2019 in sunny Anaheim, California. That's right. This is now. Uh, let's t- let's just fast forward to our WonderCon preview show. Uh, I'm going on one day, I'm going on Saturday, and I'm going there because I'm going to talk to the Cobra Kai cast. It's all the Cobra Kai guys. So it's Johnny and Bobby and Tommy and uh, what's the other guy's name? I'm, I'm making those up. Yeah, anyway, Tommy, Tommy so, lost Chad, me. You yeah, have me. There a chat? <laughs> Seems like it should be a There's chat. There's a Johnny. There's a Johnny. Martin Cove's going to be there. Ah, friend of the show, Martin Cove. No, he's no, he's never. We never been. talked to him. We've talked about him with other guests, Ooh. but we, he has uh, he has eluded me. Friend of the friend of yeah. the show. Well, I but, would say he's squandered his chance. Please don't talk to no, him. No, don't I'm even make eye contact. If you see Thank that you. guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, uh, my WonderCon is going to be cut very, very, very short. I just don't have a lot of time. But I'm going to go on Saturday. I'm going to walk around the the uh, convention floor. I don't have a lot of previews to give. I'm all out of previews. Uh, Johnny, how is your WonderCon going to go? What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I will ask Jimmy when I, I see mean, him. Jimmy. I said Johnny. <laughs> Johnny right. X, I hear. <laughs> Jimmy. Well, so uh, uh, as of this date, I'm booked to talk to a couple of people, uh, the cast of Cloak and Dagger, which I'll have to do some homework and get caught up on that show. And um, I'm going to talk to the cast of the reboot, uh, Child's Play mm-hmm. reboot. Uh, Chucky's back. Chucky's back. And I'm also going to talk to uh, the cast of uh, the Justice League versus the Fatal Five once again, uh, Kevin Conroy, my old buddy. And uh, the the original Justice League guy, voice actors will that's, be there. That's I'm the also voice mo- of Batman right there, right? And I'm pretty uh, pretty much synonymous with Batman at this at this day, and with this being the 80 year uh, anniversary of Batman, I hope we get some good quotes from him. But I'm really excited to talk to the cast of the Tick. Is, is there a big presence at this year's WonderCon? They're on the on the ticket. On, they're, yeah, they're actually on the badge this so year. I so interv- I interviewed them. Uh, before season one came out uh, two years ago at Comic-Con. So I'm excited to uh, talk to them again. 
Mm-hmm. And find like out find out why they haven't called me since. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the show's been renewed. They're already working yeah, on, the, on the second season. I'm pretty sure yeah. the second season's in the bag. It comes out uh, April 5th. Okay. So that's got to be at least half of it's in the bag, the first half of it. And uh, Yeah, that's probably that's how they did the first season. So I think they're going to dump all of them out at once this time. The that's, whole season? Yeah. Instead I, of I the think two they're halves? Gonna, I think they're going to do it all at once. I think that was the... I think I heard something about that. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if that was the movie that I heard it for. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the show, but I think so. So be on the lookout for that. If you if you want to go on a binge, tick it Are up. Are you guys a fan of that property at all, The Tick? Did you watch the oh, cartoon? Oh, yeah. I like the, the cartoon, the, the short-lived Fox series. I actually yeah. – each iteration seems different, though, a little, it which is something a little that kind di- of impresses me. Uh, yeah, it's Ben, a, ben Edlund, I know, there. does all of them. And I want to ask him about that, why, why they changed. So, I mean, it's got to be like maybe the previous – Guys own the rights to certain characters, so you can't use Die Fleeter Mouse again, or you know, you've got to change that. Actually, I'm under the impression that's, uh, and I could be wrong about this, but I feel I feel like I had read somewhere that in an interview with him, he just said, "No, I, you know, this time around, I wanted to make it seem like this." Yeah, yeah. I would would do it the same way too. Like I would Mm -hmm. just, I would, you know, it's. I'm going to say his name on this podcast too. This this is what George Lucas does. He's like, I'm just going to change it. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna change it. I want to do it again. Yeah. And it's it's like, it's it's all sacred and untouchable as far as we're concerned. But to these guys, they're like, you know, oh, I yeah. I wrote this. I created. I can do whatever the hell I want with mm-hmm. it. You mm-hmm. know. And if I'm not happy with it, I'll just redo it. I I like that about artists. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, well, I, I didn't hear if Jimmy likes a tick. What is your problem, buddy? My problem? Oh, I love it. I I, I love okay. every. That's I've, better. I love the comic book. I love the cartoon, the original animated series. I really, I I don't know if I love the uh, Patrick Warburton iteration. But Good I, name pool. I would have never <laughs> guessed that. <this. laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I really do like the new series. I, I'm interested. I I want to find out why the costume, the Tick's costume, keeps changing. And I mean, I just got a lot of questions. I'm excited to talk to those guys again. Yeah. I think it's one of those. Um, uh, it's it's the it's that classic like we're hungry for a superhero show, but it stands on its own. And even like, yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't really need to be a superhero I, movie. I really enjoy a, a, any sort of take on a superhero trope that's either comical or serious or yeah. maybe a horror story or something like you can't you can't have superman doing the dumb stuff that yeah. uh the tick does so that allows you to create this universe with all these goofy versions of all your favorite superheroes that can just do i mean i really yeah. enjoy that exploration just, just yeah. a reality where the take on what a reality of that contains superheroes what it would, would be, be like. like yeah 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 i really like he's like, got a I'll lot of watch mystery men to this day yeah that also and every yeah, time i, I see it like, really... it's a slightly worse movie <laughs> um, the the scenes are really showing but i there's still a lot of money on it. the screen i yeah. mean i could there's some positive things yeah that. yeah i love that movie too that's a good movie yeah, yeah. the spleen <laughs> that's the paul rubens guy yeah <laughs> that was a good one yeah uh uh Saturday, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we'll definitely hook up. So we're going to try to hook up. We're going to try to capture some audio for you guys together. We'll bring you whatever audio we can. But look forward to hearing more about that as the as the year goes Stay on. tuned, True Believers. Um, we still have a couple Come of more shows. Anaheim. Hook up with us. 
Yeah, and this, I'm sure we'll get lots of swag at WonderCon to be given away on our next uh, yep, WonderCon wrap-up episode. Uh, we are bound to have a lot of swag. And this year's going by really fast. Uh, we're going to probably be able to do two to three more shows before Comic-Con. So we're going to try to get back in the studio soon. We're, we're producer disclaimer, two to three shows, only an estimate. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> two to two to four. Your mileage may vary. <laughs> two to five at the most. July's going to come quick. I mean, we, we're really, we're, yeah, this we're, is, it's, yeah. it's just right around the corner. Um, but Run. yeah, let us know what you guys think. Um, at stay classy SDCC. Oh, sure. Please hit me up at uh, SDBatman66 on most so- forms of social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody just leave me alone. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's about enough of this. That's it. Thanks, guys. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.